0: Welcome to the Give Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Travis Stephan. He's the CEO of GrowFlow and best-selling author of Viral Hero. He's a serial founder, advisor, and investor. Travis, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. So I'm just always, 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 always amazed at the eclecticness of the people on our podcast. I mean, we obviously spoke briefly, but you used to be a former MMA guy, former boxer, former college athlete. How did any of those things, if at all, did that affect your ability to be a CEO of a startup?
1: Honestly, the most compelling part about sports to me wasn't the actual competition, it was the training. And it was the compilation of small efforts put together just good habits every day put together over the course of time to create something that is, you know, very difficult to achieve and aspirational for those who are able to witness it.
0: That's awesome. So I agree with you with the training. Um, Let's talk about your books, Viral Hero. What's that about?
1: Viral Hero is about, um, it's basically an architecture guide for those who want to build virality deep into the bones of their product. Most people think about viral growth as like a video on YouTube, but most people don't realize that when a video goes viral on YouTube, it's actually not the video that goes viral. It is YouTube itself. It's the player that is getting you know, embedded everywhere. It's it's what people are sharing. It's what reactivates users into that platform. So the companies themselves that are being shared as a result of you know, user generated content or um, some sort of focus on collaboration or communication within a product, building ancillary deep product value that does not feel like marketing, but adds a value to the experience of the user by spreading it to others. Basically well, teaching. Let's, that let's, sort let's of break architectural that down. Let, let,
0: let's break that down. So, okay, you're saying that a viral video is not about the video, it's about what? Kind of keep it split like layman's terms.
1: Yeah. So it's, I mean, if if, for example, a, a video spreads around the internet on YouTube. People think that the video itself is what's going viral, but it's actually not the case. It's YouTube that's going viral. It's YouTube that has basically created an engine that, with various pieces of media injected into their player, their player is spreading. It's effectively a viral mutation. If you think about the nature of of a virus in general, there are various permutations of that virus that continue to allow it to spread, regardless of the immunity or exposure so if you think about one video in YouTube, eventually, if it's super viral, everyone in the world will have seen it and then they'll eventually become immune. But by continuing to see that content with user-generated content, that player continues to spread like wildfire every day like clockwork.
0: That player meaning what? Like, let's, say, let's just kind of, again, I want to dive in because this is so important, right? So it's not the video itself, it's the player. So like, I'm playing a video about um, Travis is an amazing CEO and that blows up. So what happens when you see the player, like the the YouTube player that's playing that video? I don't I don't quite understand. Yeah,
1: so you're you're effectively becoming reactivated as a YouTube user in that moment. So that player will go around and and you'll basically see that video. And in that in the YouTube player, there is a button that will take you back to YouTube, and will allow you to go explore YouTube further. And without that action, without that media that's injected into that player. That user would not become reactivated or reinfected with the YouTube virus, so to speak
0: so but, but it has nothing to do with the views, it has nothing to do with the comments
1: on the views uh, I mean that is always helpful in in spreading the player. The more engaging that media is, the more helpful you know, youtube is you know, YouTube is helped in that way to, and and this is the case regard like outside of just videos that 's just one example. there are twelve yeah. different viral engines architected in the book. So um you know from from things like for example Dropbox early on there was a viral component where you're you're getting core product value by being able to collaborate with others from within the platform it's not the content that you're putting in there it's the value that you get by bringing others into the fold and being able to access and work on things together like that doesn't feel like marketing it doesn't feel like you're becoming a sales rep for the company but you are so those two concepts remain the same across any of these viral engines.
0: Interesting. Now let's talk about your success as a CEO entrepreneur, because you mentioned on your LinkedIn that you have seven successful exits. So it's one thing to say, okay, I had one successful one or even two or even three. So what do you feel you have like this minus touch? You know, they have the, this literally this, this term in the VC world where the people that are VCs that have a really good track record of, of seeing successful companies exit they call the Midas, you know, list. So for you, if you have the seven of them, what do you feel has attributed to your success to exit these various companies? Uh, well, I would
1: never consider myself as someone who has a Midas touch per se. I've, I've also been a part of a lot of companies that have
0: not exited. Um,
1: and Let's some talk about of the exits Let's talk I've... about the ones that did <laughs> yeah. exit.
0: And, they can, you know, we can learn from both, right? I mean, Jack Ma was talking about how I don't want to hear about the successes. I want to hear about the failures. So, Sure, we all have, so what's one example you can kind of share and, 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 and share with us?
1: Sure. I mean there there was a uh, and, and there were a couple of failures of companies that did exit as well, like to, <laughs> because they they did not you know exit for what they could have and they basically fired. Oh, so it just kind of depends on yeah. on the on the case. like some of my biggest failures were exits actually um so so it's it is a bit deceptive it it is a little bit of a vanity metric i would never want to uh, you know give everyone the impression that i have the midas touch because at the end of the day my my success i would say could be attributed so before before i was a, an entrepreneur i was a professional online poker player and what you'll find in that game is success gets attributed to consistent fundamentally sound play over the long term because in the very short term poker can be con- considered a game of luck But over the long term, statistics take hold and it becomes a game of skill, you know, because you're playing probability and odds. My success as an entrepreneur has been attributed not necessarily to making one decision or getting lucky one time. It's playing more hands and getting to the statistical long term and just making fundamentally sound decisions because all I can control is what I can control. There are always market factors. There are always things that happen that are outside of my control. Um, so just by continuing to be there, learning, doing things, building things, and giving myself the opportunity to succeed, doesn't mean I always will, even if I do everything right, but just by putting myself in that position over and over and over, um, that, I would say, is the number one contributing factor.
0: No, and that's an important one, actually. So the guy, named, there's a guy named Adam Grant. He's written a bunch of books, whether it was Sheryl Sandberg, or he wrote a book called Give and Take, but he also wrote one book called The um, the, the originals about how non conforms change the world. And one of the things he said was when people talk about revolutionaries and innovators, whether you're talking about Shakespeare or Mozart, it always came down to the frequency of work they've done. So you look at like a Mozart or a Shakespeare, they might have done hundreds or even thousands of works, but it's usually a few of those works that actually people remember them for, right? So going back to you, I, I want to stress to our listeners, because a lot of the listeners and a lot of people, frankly, like, oh, Chris, how do you? make so much money to speaker, I'm like, dude, I did a thousand speeches in the last 20 years. And like you, when you do that consistently over so much time, you will have a few outliers that will give you success. So I wanted to stress to our listeners mm-hmm. that the true success of people really comes down to how consistent you are, as what you're saying, Travis. Now, relative to um, actual examples, because again, you talked about how, well, one of the exit was actually a failure. Can you can you like, you don't need to share names, but like kind of walk us through what you consider that as a, as a lesson, because it's all about lessons, right? Like learning lessons that sure. we, can, we can share. So share a lesson that you feel is a failure and share a lesson that you feel is a success and so that both of those perspectives can, can illuminate some gems wisdom for our listeners.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, uh, I was, I think in my mid twenties, I had just sold my fourth company. Um, I was not into the venture backed technology world at the time. I was still bootstrapping and taking on an absurd amount of risk myself, but I thought I was, you know God's gift to, to entrepreneurship <laughs> at the time because I'd had a couple successes in a row, thought I knew everything. Um, ended up selling my fifth company to uh, a company out of New York that wanted to augment their product offering. Um, took that, and that was they that, that was a, a private deal with a, a company that, um, you know, we they put a down payment down and they were going to do an earnout. And so we took my co-founder and I in another company took that buyout deal and we leveraged it. On a hard money loan to start our sixth company, that company started blowing up in a big way. We had 250,000 users, and we were just starting to crack monetization when the company who acquired my fifth company came back and said, uh, "We've done the math. It'll be more expensive for you to sue us uh, over a couple of years for the remainder of your balance, than it will be for us to, um, for you know, for you to just give up and let us walk away with the company." So, um, kick rocks. Good luck and. Um, you know, that was, uh, fascinating because at the time I thought that contract law was immutable. I did not realize that people would knowingly break the law because of a, a, um, an equation uh, that yeah. was, I was naive, uh, to that. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, everyone pays tuition. So what happened was, um, you know, we had to go back to the lender and let them know that this, this buyout would not be occurring as planned. They called the loan, at, you know, right away, my co-founder and I were several hundred thousand dollars in debt each. Uh, and then probably a couple months down the road, um, my co-founder actually unfortunately passed away. So I um, absorbed all of it myself. And um, so over the next, like I basically had the the choice, you know, after coming off of several successes and had, you know, our sixth company was doing very well. We had to fire sell that and just get what we could for spare parts. And then. Um, I basically was just, was forced to really get humble and reexamine everything that I was doing and start from, from below zero, considerably below zero. And just, um, I did not want to declare chapter 11 because, uh, you couldn't become, you know, an officer in a publicly traded company or anything like that. If if that was the case for a period of time. And, um, so I was like, all right, I'm going to pay it back. Um, and I'm going to figure it out. So I was able to, over the course of time, pay it back, negotiate with the lender, um, things like that. And, um, you know, eventually was able to then get back on the horse, learn a lot more about, you know, move to Silicon Valley, got deeper into that culture. And, um, you know, since then, you know, things have been profoundly better. I'm back uh, in the saddle as an entrepreneur and as a CEO and, and things are, are, you know, have gone very well since then. Um, but that was a, a tough time. And, but it was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me in terms of, of entrepreneurial education.
0: Yeah, it's like, you got to eat some dirt if you want to actually learn. So that's that's awesome. So the one last question I have for you is more like funny, but also serious in that I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile. You look like a very serious guy. You're like Christian Bale, Batman, you know. What puts a smile on your face, Travis?
1: Um, <laughs> I I love fitness. I mean, my graduate degree is in physiology and biomechanics. It's not in business. Um, so I love going out and, and doing things outdoors i'm an ultra marathoner i do triathlons i love doing things like that that's always really fun but um honestly i just really love it's kind of an apart from a lot what a lot of entrepreneurs say because a lot of them there's a subculture that says i don't watch tv it's a waste of time i actually love great narrative television i get really inspired by uh, it's a huge creative achievement for the people who are creating it i love to appreciate that art form it really puts a smile on my face also lets my brain recharge at the end of a long day (laughs) Um, just to think about something else that isn't running
0: a company. Awesome. Well, Travis, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with our listeners today. Have a great day. And how can our guests stay in touch with you?
1: Um, You could uh, just honestly just shoot me an email, travis at growflow.com. Great, Travis. I'm not not a big social media guy, so that's (laughs) right.
0: Thanks, Travis. Have a great day.
1: Thanks.